0: Experience.
1: welcome to the pat mayo experience rocket mortgage classic draft kings picks and preview if you missed out on your chance to play in the pat mayo experience open shame on you out there Next week, get in earlier. I'm doing those Sunday shows, and I'm going to continue to do those. That's where the link will first come up. You can always find it in the description of the video or podcast of all of the golf shows. 5,333, 80K guaranteed, no rake tournament, filled up in you know, before Monday evening hit. So uh, maybe we can make it bigger this week. If anyone, I saw a lot of people complaining about the payout structure this week. Uh, I just want to let you know I was the first person to complain as soon as they gave me the link. I don't actually make... The payout structure. I give them like, hey, what I'd like to see. Turns out the the guy who normally does it is on like vacation this week, and it was some jabroni, and he fucked it up. So hopefully it's back to like normal next week, where you know maybe we'll get up to six thousand people, maybe we'll have a top prize of like seventy five hundred and flat all the way down, because those are the type of tournaments I like to play in, where you min cash and double your money, which is not the case this week. So you now we have to live with it this week. If you win this week, you win twenty k. So I mean, good week to win if you're ever gonna win one. Uh, but that's where we stand. On that, fantasynational.com/slash mayo get you 20% off, and that is where I'm getting all of the statistics from for the Pat Mayo experience and the graphics that you see on the screen. And remember to smash the like button, give me your favorite sleeper, and if you're listening to the audio version, rate the show five stars. You want to leave a review? That'd be even better hopefully i'm working on it i should have 20 millionaire maker tickets to give away for this week presumably on twitter and presumably around noon eastern time on wednesday uh i'm not sure exactly what the total is going to be or if that's when it's going to be that's what it's been the past two weeks from the contact that gives me the tickets. so uh hopefully that's what it is so follow me on twitter at the pme if you want a chance to get into that draw no Live chat on Wednesday, I will be, will be debuting my top 200 fantasy football rankings for the season, uh, and it's a national holiday for me, so I'm not coming in. Fortunately, when you guys are off on either Friday or Monday, I'm not sure which day it is, uh, I'm going to have new content coming out. No, no delay on that. American holiday, it's one benefit of being Canadian. Usually you have to work through your holidays, but you always have fresh content when everyone else is off. Ben Raza, on the line then when is when is the actual like i know the holidays on the weekend but do people take the friday or the monday off or both
2: yeah it depends on kind of where you were i don't know i I never had a real job but uh i, I think friday probably they get off and people i'm sure are trying to snake it to get to grab a four-day weekend
1: yeah uh, i spoke about this with feinberg on monday's show that like working in the sports media industry for a decade monday is the worst day you could ever take off it sucks
2: yeah i could see that i mean this is everything is all up in the air obviously with the calendar is i've never prepped for basketball in the middle of the summer so uh, my equilibrium is certainly off these days
1: well hopefully we get everything back everything's good to go and at least for now we have golf which is fantastic news and there's a millionaire maker for ufc next week too so you're going to want to tune in tune in to the ufc 251 or 252 whatever one it is we'll have a show for that next week with paul and cody um strategy-wise for the rocket mortgage this is a field that is better than last year's rocket mortgage but about as quarter of good quarter of good uh, as we've seen the past few weeks without like all of the top names being here what do you think the strategy is is it superstars and scrubs like you did last week which turned out to really be the move because you saw dj at the top who is also your pick to win and then a bunch of 6k guys
2: yeah that worked out nicely where uh, you can double up um And I feel just as strongly this week as I did last week about that, uh, the difference. And we talked about this to me. And we'll dive in, of course, the difference between the 6K guys and the 7K guys in some ways is interchangeable. So I see a bigger difference up top from tier A to tier B. And that's where I want to take advantage. I feel like it's pretty random at the bottom, but I'm going to mix and match and hopefully be very aggressive again.
1: I don't even see that huge of a difference between some of the 6K guys and some of the 8K guys to tell you the truth. Like, and that's like JT Poston's almost $9,000, like in a better field, he's 6,700.
2: That's what I'm saying. The, the adjustment and I get it. Of course, this is a different field in terms of strength first travelers, but some guys got massive boosts. Other guys stayed pretty flat. That's where pricing discrepancies, you know, you can look to take advantage of them and, and really build some pretty interesting teams this week.
1: Although I will not be doing the chat, I will be releasing my betting card on Twitter and Facebook, uh, both at the PME, if you want to check that out on Wednesday. A lot of bombs, and Kevin Na is where I'm at right now in terms of the betting market. And most of the bombs, their prices have dipped. We got Varner at 100-1 to 1 on Monday. I believe he's 60-1 to 1 in most spots now. And when we get to who the most popular plays of the week are on DraftKings, you're going to see Harold Varner up near the top. Everyone seems to be on old HV3, Big Harry V, this week at Rocket Mortgage. Harris English has withdrawn from this tournament as well. He tested positive for COVID-19, so he's out for two weeks. Hopefully Harris English gets better soon. We see him back on the course, and maybe we get a much better number, triple the number next time that we see him at Memorial or something like that. But let's jump into the 10K area right off the hop. Bryson, by far the most expensive player. He is 11,700. Last time we saw Webb Simpson, he was winning. He is second at 11,000. Then you have Tyrell Hatton, Patrick Reed, Hideki Matsuyama, and Victor Hovland coming in at an even ten thousand dollars you and I have been chatting about this through text because I won another ticket into that 555 and now I'm like hey I you know I want to win it this week I I could use a down payment for a house it would be fantastic I could just you know earn myself a nice big victory tax-free in Canada by the way plus the exchange it's like 38 million dollars or something if I just like win 100 or something but I like Hatton and I like Reed and I'm good with fading Bryson
2: I like Reed. I always like Reed. um, closed really strongly last week. You're going to need to make putts. I think we all know that it's going to be grinding. I don't worry about, you know, this is a question I wanted to pose to you right off the top. We never, if, I mean, I'd say very rarely see golfers play four weeks in a row. This is different times. We have a bunch of guys who are playing four weeks in a row, including Bryson. Do do you consider that at all? or, Or do you just not care at this point?
1: it's not that i don't care but i think he's done it twice in his career played four events in a row uh, and he's missed the cut in the fourth event in both times
2: yeah i mean it's just so atypical Uh, guys really seem to build in you know sets of three and then they take a week off here and there unless you're sunjay of course but i look to read uh obviously the guy that he killed everybody at Heritage, but he lost a bunch of strokes putting. Not that he was close to making the cut anyway, but Decky is the true wild card. Um, I think it's a much better course. He can lean lean on the long irons, take advantage of the par fives. I'm pretty comfortable with him. And then, you know, I, I know you like Hatton. I'm interested to see what he can do. You know, he's making the switch to bent grass. He's been destroying on the greens. He's going to need to shore up the T-degree game a little bit because he's been really running hot with the putter. He
1: has been, but it's the off the tee game that's always going to plague him. And the, yep. the difficult part in assessing Detroit Golf Club is we saw what it did last year. It was a birdie fest. Everyone hit the greens. There were fans trampling down the rough. So even if you got in it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Although the whole the course does play as a par of 72, so there's four par fives, but it's not like super-duper long once you get down to it. So I see a birdie fest. And Hatton's irons have still been really good. So that's what I'm looking at, and just like you kind of mentioned, like you want to go to the very class players in this field. If there's no real difference, uh, once you drop down below 9,000, and obviously there's like minute differences between some of these guys and the ones you like and the ones you don't. But Hatton's won two of his past five starts. Like the guy's really good. Oh, he's
2: great. I. It's just. <sighs> I, I always struggle with guys like this because he's priced to the premium. Um, but then you look and he's got recent form, certainly to back that up. I don't hate the, hate the course fit. But if you're telling me that I can take a discount in price to read to decky uh, to Ricky guys like that, I probably do that more often and not. Um, don't know what the ownership will look like with Hatton. And I don't expect him to be popular though.
1: Uh, It's hard to say. Like the, I'm looking at Fantasy National now, and obviously this is a Tuesday morning, so most of the uh, valuable information in terms of ownership isn't in yet. People are still, you know, having Harris English highlighted, so he's still showing up with some ownership at this point. But it just feels like everyone's going to go to Bryson, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people have been, everyone's fallen, and I get it. It's it's very intoxicating to see what he does off the tee. Now he gets four par fives you know people kind of circled this as the Bryson spot and I get it it's not to say I won't have some but I think you can get away with uh maybe building I I, it's like I always say the word hybrid uh like hybrid balanced in the sense where you double up up top but you're not taking like Bryson and someone it's you know for me Reed and Decky or Reed and Hovland something like that And, and then you can still build pretty aggressively but you're not breaking the bank with like two 11 K guys or something like that.
1: Well, even to look at it and you look at his results, sixth, eighth, eighth, third, fourth, second, fifth. It's a pretty good run for Bryson right now. So going into not the bad. break, super hot coming out of the break, super hot. However, if you look at his three events since hiatus has ended, you'll notice a solid drop off in tee to green in each of those events. 10.6 at colonial 7.7 at heritage 4.2 last week. People complained about Bryson's putter a week ago. He putted the fucking lights out. He gained five strokes putting.
2: Yeah. And even in the other ones, you know, the putter didn't plague him by any stretch. He he was North, you know, around a stroke, uh, which sets the table. I do think he'll have more opportunities here. Um, The rough is the other wild card. You mentioned this wasn't really a factor last year where everyone took this course apart. I don't think it'll be super punishing, but I also don't know at the same time, if you're just going to be able to blindly bomb it down anywhere without getting in trouble.
1: Well, why not Webb over Bryson then? Like, we didn't even really bring up Webb, but it's a Donald Ross course. It is a par 72, which is a little bit different. Um, Maybe the bent grass is the reason to fade him. Every time he's on bent, he, like, misses the cut because he can't putt at all. But Webb's running hot right now. And if if this turns into an iron and putting contest, which we all kind of think it's going to, like, he's the guy that you would want, wouldn't he? Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I do think he's one of the... In terms of grass splits, I don't overemphasize them, but there are certain guys that I do, and he is one of them. I think there's a significant bump down to him on Ben. I don't love that he gets four par fives. I don't like Webb. He's 11K. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not going to use him at all. I've been running dangerous with those fades, Got away with them here and there, but I still definitely prefer the guys in the 10K range uh, to Webb this week.
1: So for me to power rank them, I like Reed, Hatton, and Hideki. I'm probably going to go full fade on Big Dick Vic as well. It is hope the putter continues to be left in the bag.
2: That's going to be, that's going to be really tricky. He's going to be, he might be the highest owned guy on the slate. I have Um,
1: early projections, and this is just from actually generated lineups. This is going to fluctuate by like seven or so points. So don't hold me to this on a Tuesday afternoon. Get yourself a membership at fantasynational.com. use slash mayo. Get yourself 20% off that easy. Bryson, the highest owned at around 24% Hovland, 21%. percent Your 2 highest guys.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's crushing it. Tita green hasn't been putting we saw you know at travelers what he was doing on those par fives not the one on sunday where he hit it at a bounce very bad but other than that uh he's been taking them apart so i get going there but at the same time i also get bumping down you know to sunjay to ricky to feet there's a lot of other quality plays uh that you're probably going to get an ownership discount and it's arguably uh, a talent bump against some of these guys
1: so hovland is trending exactly the opposite of what bryson is right now since the return he gained 5.7 tee to green at colonial up to 6.1 up to 10.6 it's really hard to gain more than 10.6 strokes in any one event t to green he gained almost eight through approach gained over two off the tee, lost three and a half putting uh that seems to be a bit of a common theme with him he has putted better on bent in the past but it's a very short sample size he did come 13th of this tournament tied with hideki last year too like i get all the reasons to play hovland but i think that if i'm going to enter one of these giant gpps like the millionaire maker or the the three dollar 20 max or the five dollar drive the green that sort of thing that if bryson or hovland win then i'm gonna lose and the percentages of those two guys combined winning is what like 15 (laughs) percent
2: yeah i think that's fair i mean that's the thing with if someone i mean bryson is easier to sell on this point like yes he's been on fire he's been killing it but these performances, if he comes, you know, in sixth, in eighth, in fourth, like you're, you're not dead by any stretch. In some ways, depending on who wins, he might be a net negative. So like the, the margin to get crushed is almost binary with a guy that's 11-7 and popular. Like if he wins, you're done. But if he doesn't, more likely than not, you're going to be coming out ahead. Uh, again, it's not to say I'm taking a full fade on these guys but I'll definitely make some teams where I look to change it up and be uh, a little different up top.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to add Hideki to my player pool. So Hatton, Reed, Hideki and the other three out.
2: That's fair. I mean, like I said, I like Reed. I like Decky. Um, I'm definitely lower on Hatton than you are. That's someone that I I probably come in under, but, I'll see where the ownership falls. If I can get easy leverage, I will, but not a priority.
1: It does seem like the most common build this week is going to be Bryson Hovland, as I just kind of pointed out, and then a bunch of scrubs. But everyone above 9,000 appears to be carrying like double-digit ownership anyway. So at that point, just take the guys you like.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Ownership is is extremely important, but you don't want to start changing. I I talk about that all the time over at AwesomeO. If you love a guy, you shouldn't be like, oh, I love this guy, but I can't play him because he's popular. That makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, you just need to leverage elsewhere. And in a field like this, it's kind of just choosing best available on a lot of these spots up top. So you can evaluate it straight up and that's what I kind of plan to do.
1: The 9K range I'm finding super interesting because everyone's going to try to jam in at least one of the 10K guys, probably two like if you go Bryson Hideki or maybe you go like Bryson down to Fina something like that but the entire range Sungjae, Ricky, Fina, Bubba, Na and Scotty Scheffler. Bubba and Na man I, I'm kind of digging those two guys like you can have Ricky you can have big Ricky and Tony Fina. Sungjae it seems like something's off with him just at the moment I think he's gonna get it figured out and you know. In the first week where he's not going to be overwhelming chalk, it's probably a good week to go to him. Like, I'd probably go M over Hovland. But at the present time, uh, Bubba and Na are the only two 9K guys that I'm really considering. I I think Kevin Mm -hmm. Na is probably going to win. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But I think that Bubba's super sneaky here.
2: I like Bubba. Uh, Wasn't on him last week. He missed the cut on the number, which is always... To me, you know, something to look towards because it's so arbitrary. Like one more stroke, he he can get in, he fires a couple 66s on the weekend, and then he comes in like 12. Uh, he didn't get that opportunity. Same with Finao. He shouldn't have missed that cut, but <laughs> I, I'm gonna look to all of them. Obviously, Ricky's been terrible, but I I'm just gonna continue to play him. I don't think it's that big of a deal that he's missed a couple cuts. Uh I, I like this whole range. I mean, I, I think you can reasonably try to jam two nines with a with a reader, a decky this week. Uh, could, and be very aggressive.
1: Could you do M, Nah, Bubba and start your teams that way?
2: Definitely. Um, again, that's, I, I call it like hybrid balanced um, where you're attacking, like you have a dead range in like the 10s, the 8s and the 6s. You can go 9 and 7 together, 3 and 3. Uh, really different build. A lot of people don't do that. I have no problem because I, I can make a reasonable case for all six guys in the 9K range. Even Scheffler, I think this is a better fit. Again, he can't putt, but get him back with the par fives. I'm really leaning guys who can take apart these par
1: fives. Well, the par five is, I mean, when you... I'm trying to get Moose to figure this out on Fantasy National, to really try to incorporate both going for the green percentage on par fives and opportunity... To try to figure out a better proximity way of judging par fives, because when you look at overall par five scoring, a lot of that actually has to do with putting. So... Like, you, you look at Bubba and Finau right now, over the past 24 rounds, Finau is 81st in this field in par five scoring. Ricky is 76th, Bubba is 59th. Uh, Kevin Na is 35th. And I guarantee you that those first three guys are giving themselves better opportunities on the par fives.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, it, it's getting up and down, being able to be crafty. And some of, like you said, I don't know exactly, the eagle percentages don't really jump out. Uh, certainly can be attacked into it's not, There's one hole that's definitely not. It's over 600. Uh, But these guys can get there. It's just a matter of finding ways to take advantage. And then it's not to say that the guys like Kevin Na can't put a wedge in their hand and still hold their own.
1: Yeah, just to take out well the two of the power fives are going to be accessible to basically the entire field 7 and 17 both have above two and a half percent eagle rates which is exceptionally high uh and of these guys above nine thousand dollars the two best in the field in converting eagles uh second in the field is victor hovland third in the field is scotty scheffler i'm curious do you think people will go back to scheffler after he too missed the cut on the number
2: i I think people are are still in the mode that we've only had a couple of like they're taking it now a two week or a three week sample size, and you look at Scheffler, 55th at Charles Schwab, and then a miscut. I think to the casual person, that's going to sour them. Uh, to me, it means almost nothing, to be honest. I don't really worry about stuff like that. And the numbers aren't alarming in any way. So uh, I'm evaluating Scheffler straight up. I think it's pretty fair price. Uh, i'm definitely on him this week
1: yeah he's lost off the tee in three of his past four rounds and lost on approach in four of his past four rounds so that would be the one concerning thing because he was striking the ball so well the first two rounds at colonial you're like man this guy makes a few putts watch out on the weekend and then just he lost the ability to hit the ball
2: yeah that's he's gonna need to find that uh once again that will be useful for my lineups but Uh, I just I like I said I I really like the way he plays he's certainly aggressive can outscore his placement Um, and you got all of them are in the same boat Finau, Bubba, Ricky like all these even Sunjay they've all been a little underwhelming Um, but at the same time in this type of field they're on the short list of best
1: players available. Here are some fun Bubba numbers for you. So there's a the hardest holes on the course are the par fours beyond 450 to 500 yards. In the past 24 rounds, Bubba is first in the field on those. There's also two really short ones. Uh, Bubba from on par fours, 350 to 400 yards over the past 24 rounds, fourth in the field on holes from that range. Like you're going to have to do... Like, the par fives are so easy. They're the f- four easiest holes on the course that it actually makes me decrease the amount of emphasis I want to put on par five scoring for DraftKings pricing. I actually just kind of jacked up Eagles a little bit because, you know, the eight is better than the three on these holes when it seems like everyone's going to make the three anyway, regardless of who they are, that if you can take advantage of those holes, you're going to win this tournament on the par fours.
2: Yeah. I mean that you need to hold your own. I see what you're saying there. Um You know, that sets the stage. If you can start clawing back with these par fours, hold your own, of course on the par threes and just get out of there. Uh, you're going to be fine. Clearly, this is going to be a cut that it could be dangerously low. Um, guys should tear this apart. I know we only have one year to go off, but I don't think it's going to deviate that much.
1: Probably not. I, what do you think that the cut is going to be? Because uh, it's now top 65 in ties. Obviously, last year was top 70 in ties, so I would expect the cut to be even lower, like six under, seven under?
2: I mean, yeah, I was thinking maybe five. Um, it's. I really don't like that. Uh, I, I just... There's something about that that's really not my speed, but I guess it could be that low. That's just insane. Think about that. You shoot like 68, 69, and and you might be uh, heading home. Like, what?
1: Last year, the cut was minus four, uh, and the field is slightly better than it is this year. So you can work this one of two ways. One, if your guy shoots over par in any round, you're probably cooked. Yes. Or actually, no, if you get in round one at plus one, depending on how the scores go, the one good thing about this course is that there are most certainly 64s available, that your guys aren't necessarily out of it unless they're really out of it. And like, people have such meltdowns on Thursday. Like, Justin Thomas ended up missing the cut last week. I think he was two over after the first round. But like, I wasn't super concerned that he couldn't make the cut. If he had just played well, he probably would have shot like 63. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
2: DJ was, I'm not gonna say he was on cut watch, but he started very slow. I certainly woke up Friday and my goal was to just get him through. Uh, These guys can recover immediately. I I just hate when your guy shoots 66 and you look to see how many spots he moved up and it says like four. It's just like, what? Like, oh yeah, 600, that's not actually that good of a round out there.
1: So this next range is super interesting because right after scotty Shefford, there seems to be a precipitous drop off in terms of like it's a real talent gap although there's not a pricing gap in the 8k range harris english had initially been eighty nine hundred dollars obviously he has withdrawn after him it's roy sabatini at eighty eight hundred dollars post in 87 jason day doc redmond lucas glover christian Blizzlehoot. Adam Hadwin, Rafa cabrera Bayo, and Eric Van Trooyen, and even $8,000. The only one I have a star next to right now is Adam Hadwin. I like Glover. I like Redmond, but everyone likes those guys.
2: <laughs> yep. This is where these are guys that in the last couple of weeks, some of them have been your last man in at 6,800, at 7,100. I had a bunch
1: no. of lineups last week that ended with Glover and Redmond.
2: <laughs> yep. I think a lot of people have, and I, I think you know it's been working out. You've been getting paid off. but similar to what I, I mentioned with Bryson, it's the same for these guys. The path to victory now is not make a cut. It's you know, you really got to start doing some things at these price in this ownership. So I really do L- Lucas Glover's been amazing. Uh, not to say Redmond hasn't both of them, but man, this is a different evaluation. So tread a little carefully there. Then you have Day playing his fourth tournament in four weeks. That's a little weird. Sabatini. Po- I-, I don't like this range at all, which is why I'm really going to try to have three guys above it on most of these teams.
1: Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out like what I want to do. I don't think that anyone's going to own Sabatini. People are owning JT post. That is the craziest price. I think of the entire slate because uh, Poston has these two top 10 since we've returned, but he's actually been kind of horrible uh, when you actually, like he was good at colonial, but he's lost almost a combined eight strokes on approach the last two weeks. <laughs> he's just been funny. He's, just... he's been chipping everything in. He's been, he's basically speeth.
2: Yeah, this is where there, there's a bunch of these guys. That's the Wyndham Clark formula where I don't understand how they do what they do. Uh Mackenzie Hughes last week, another one just outrageous. So I, I'm not going to mess around with that. I kind of like RCB a little bit. He's towards the bottom of the range. Um He's a guy that uh, you know you can get going a little and, and the t to green was actually pretty good at travelers.
1: It was uh, uh right now early ownership projections uh, Sabatini sixteen percent jesus uh redmond eighteen percent glover seventeen percent hadwin fifteen percent, so people are on hadwin. Do you know who by far the lowest owned guy of this ranges
2: uh jason day jason day yeah my man uh yeah, i <sighs> Uh, P, you know, he scared everyone. That's definitely people are thinking that he's more likely to withdraw with COVID. Um, I, four straight weeks, he hasn't looked good. His irons are bad right now. I, I'm going to probably do what I normally do, which is have some exposure, but try to not go crazy with a guy that nothing would surprise me at this point.
1: What about my guy, Sebez? I said, unless he ends up coming inside the top five at any sort of event, then I wouldn't actually learn how to pronounce his last name. You know how to pronounce his last name, though, don't you? Bezenhoot? That's that's what I I was going
2: with. That's what I'm going with. I mean, I I call him... I I was saying this to someone the other day. I call him, you know, it's not the non-Louis South African guy. Like, (laughs) you know, there's not that many of them left now that Sabatini ditched him. So he's just the other South African. He loses off the tee, which... You know, I think he correlates well to a guy like Hatton, someone like that, but he consistently is losing off the tee.
1: He is, but that didn't really seem to make that much of a difference at this course last year. Again, I could be wrong about that, but it was so easy to hit fairways, and the average driving distance was 13 yards longer than the average course on tour that I'm really trying to focus in on. Like, you always kind of say, like, pick a lane, pick similar style players uh, to build your lineups around. I mean, his irons are really good, and he's a good putter. Like, let's go.
2: Oh, there's guys, you know, I, I certainly have a, bu- you know, I, I build in kind of, I call it buckets. Like I have them in a bucket with guys like, you know, we'll talk about sneds, uh, hat and there, there are guys like that, even not nah, to an extent, um, crazy good at the irons, good with the putter off the tee. They're not going to blow you away, but M- Wesley, Bryan, your boy, we'll talk about, um, a lot of guys like that this week that are pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. I think I would just lean. And that's the weird thing about like Redmond and Glover, like. You look at them, you look at the results, the results would say indicate, play them. Then you look at their stats and you're like, holy shit, you need to play these guys. But I, I don't know what it is. Am I being stupid by talking myself out of them because of the price point and because of the ownership?
2: No, I mean, I, I, what I would do is what I tell people again. If, you, if you're if you like, Doc Redman is, is this good, he's going to continue to do this Abraham answer style then you obviously want to play him. And what you need to do is now you have five spots to be different because starting with doc Redman, you know, as one of your six is not going to do anything. Uh, A lot of people are going to have him, but at the same time, if you're not super sold or you think that the value has been sucked out, uh, which I kind of do to an extent, you can look to these other guys and say, all right, is Jason day, you know, one fourth as likely to beat doc Redman. Obviously the answer to that is no. Um, so you can look to deviate if you're willing to take that
1: risk. EVR is the last one of this. I mean, can, can he just post his like regular Euro numbers where he crushes at T to green and can't putt? Yeah.
2: This guy, he's another anomaly. Um, I really don't know what to make of him really across the board. Uh he has flashes in big time fields, then he not so good. He was good at heritage, but he did it off the T, which is a little weird. Um kind of indifferent to be honest. I I prefer the guys at the upper sevens to the lower eights.
1: I think I might. Oh, really? So let's, let's drop into the sevens. Then you have like Harmon. Oh yeah. Harmon Snedeker, Noren, the Todd father. I, his ownership is going to be like 0.5% this week. Watch grace, Kisner, (laughs) Varner, McNeely, Stallings. Like I don't like any of these guys in the upper sevens. Oh.
2: Oh yeah. I'm, I like a lot of these guys. I don't mind. Uh, Harmon who missed Two midget putts to make the cut. Um, truly disgraceful last week. I don't understand that. I'm just going to continue to back him kind of in a macro build. Uh, you've got Noren. I think Maverick has cooled off a little bit, but I like him on, with the par fives here. He's a pivot off Varner, who's the obvious play. Uh, Scott Stallings is actually striking it pretty well. I don't mind him at 7,500. This is going to be a range I attack pretty heavily, actually.
1: Really? I mean, I think you're going to be, I don't want to say completely alone in doing that, but that Good. will definitely make you pretty unique. Snedeker is the one who would garner the most interest for me just because it's a Donald Ross course. This guy dominates Donald Ross courses.
2: Yeah. And he fits what you were talking about. Um, he's probably going to lose off the tee, can make up for it. Now last week was <laughs> just like mega extreme splits. He was God awful with the irons, but just unstoppable around the green and putting uh, you don't want to see that but he, he can shore that up and and like i said there there's plenty of guys here that i i feel actually good about um particularly like i said noren Harmon and maverick
1: is harold verner at 7600 dollars good shock or bad shock do you think
2: so i, I think that people are looping him in with Lucas Glover and Redmond but to me the difference is he's a thousand dollars you know around a thousand dollars cheaper so there's a lot of ways where he gives you a middling performance outscores his placement and it gets you there Uh, so I'm pretty comfortable with going to him everything checks out. As it does with those other guys, except you have a little more wiggle room.
1: So now we start getting into the Pat Mayo range of guys that will most certainly make the cut that I think are going to win the tournament before it starts. But this low $7,000 area, I'm going with my guy, Hubba Hubbard. Been playing pretty well. I don't know how he plays well because you look at his numbers, he looks like he's terrible, but he just continues to show up on weekends. Munoz, 7,100. Stanley, 7,100. Peter Uline, 7,000. I think I'm going to go oh, with wow. those four. And you could make compelling cases for Thompson the way he's playing, Gooch and Hoagie because of their iron play. Duncan has been like incredible the past two weeks. Chris Kirk is coming off a win. And all of a sudden, my guy, see, woo. Starting to show up a little bit, and back at a Ross design where he has won in the past. Pete Dye, Donald Ross courses, that's usually Siwoo's bread and butter. Uh, I won't be, will not be using him in my DraftKings lineup. I will simply just bet him to win because I, I just can't have Siwoo hurting me in that way. But, like, Wes Roach was top five last year. Uh, Keegan Bradley, your guy, ends up coming into this tournament after missing the cut at the Traveler's. Brian Stewart was top five last year all because of putting, but now he's striking the ball really well. People love Patrick Rogers. I mean, he had a bad traveler. So people loved him before that. And then you have, who's likely to be the highest owned of all of these guys. Mr. New tour himself, Ben will
2: Gordon. Yeah, I, he was very good last week. Uh, he will most likely be on 0% of my teams. Um, I'll go to Keegan, I'll go to Kirk, Munoz, you mentioned Kyle Stanley, who I played a little last week, got it done. Tyler Duncan, who I've been playing the whole time, if he could putt a little bit, he left some out there last week, struck it great. Um, (laughs) Creo is here. He did make the cut last week for a change, but everything is still very, very broken. Uh, I can't believe you mentioned Peter Uline, my boy. You think he's rounding into form after Charles Schwab?
1: He was really good at Charles Schwab. And yeah, he, he is someone who historically just loses so many strokes off the tee. All of a sudden, you get him in a bit of a shorter venue, he's gaining strokes off the tee. Uh, I don't need him to gain five strokes. I just need him not to lose five strokes. And all of a sudden, the approach is looking good. We know he can putt a little bit. That tends to be pretty consistent. But like, he's gotten worse off the tee as the years have gone along. He's basically gotten better at everything else. I think he's kind of sneaky here.
2: Yeah, again, I, I think this is where it's really important to, to pick some narratives because we only have one year with this course. Uh, I wouldn't you know, I, I'm going to play it pretty straight up, but it wouldn't shock me to see a different skill set emerge than what carried you last year. So you can look to those type of guys. I'm definitely going to take some teams that are stronger, you know, Keegan type off the tee here and. Um, We'll get to Sam Burns. He's right below them. Just some stronger drivers of the ball and pair them up and see what happens.
1: Uh, 6K range. You want to start with Sam Burns? Guy makes Eagles. So,
2: yeah, that guy, danger score, uh, showdown type of, you know, winning equity. I wish this was Bermuda. He's an LSU guy. He's a Bermuda guy. Other than that, though, he can fill it up uh the putter is the wild card but as we always talk about that's as fluky as it gets anyway
1: it is and listen I, he was on poa last week dropped a stroke uh he was on bermuda the week before dropped 0.8 of a stroke and then you get him in florida at honda and api he's gaining like five on the green in each of those tournaments like he's just he's all over the map which isn't the worst thing in the world it sucks for like safety in your life like you mentioned showdown first round leader type guy he can get hot enough with the putter that he he gives himself ample birdie chances. I play Sam Burns a lot. And if he misses a green in regulation, like, you know, when you're like going through shot tracker with all the, like the bums on your lineup and you're like, Oh, well, I have this guy. I know his short game is pretty good. He'll probably get it up and down. If you see that Sam Burns has either a missed a fairway or B missed a green, at least a bogey.
2: <laughs> yeah. You just log out at that point. Um, it, it, But guys like that, you, you want to embrace that. Cause Sam Burns is probably going to, you know, He's a type of player, he, you, it feels like you get him wrong more than the amount of times you get him right, but when you do get him right, you get paid off tenfold. Uh, it's kind of like Goosty, but he's really live to do damage. I just don't know if he'll hold it together for 72
1: holes. In the statistical model I have run on Fantasy National over the past 24 rounds, Sam Burns rates out 16th. Uh, mainly because he is 6th in the Eagles, he's 5th in power 5 scoring, he's 2nd in opportunities gained, and 16th on power 4s from 450 to 500. He's like a little mini Bubba right now. Uh, And the only guy who rates out higher than him, I think, in the 6K area is Chesson Hadley. Hmm.
2: Chesson Hadley. I thought you were going to say Lanto. A lot of people with Lanto whispers this week
1: i get it he's back below 7k that's always kind of his thing and i'm kind of treating this like it's a swing season event uh like a glorified swing season event and like that's why i'm going back to Munoz. i can see people going back to lonto like they just crush those Like when you get a bunch of really crappy guys in the field these guys are like a lot better than you think
2: oh no doubt i mean that's where they did we saw the fedex cup points reflect that uh there's just a lot of them. That that's the problem. There's just so many guys down there. You've got Wolf, uh, Aaron Wise is someone that I, I certainly will be buying again. Your guy. And then there's he's a, back. He's back. He never left, but he's definitely back if he did leave. Um I just again, I don't know how low you're gonna need to go here. It depends how aggressive you are up top, but there's I see no difference between these guys and the guys we just talked about.
3: Well,
1: it's funny that you get like a certain kick to certain guys. Like, cause you have like Kisner, then Varner at 76. But after that, like Mav McNeely, Joseph Bramlett, Brian Stewart, like there is no difference between those guys. They might even be worse than the guys that we just talked about who are
0: in the,
2: that's what I'm saying. So it's you, but the difference between when you look up top, the difference between to me, like, Tony Finau and Bubba and Ricky versus Poston and Redmond and guys like that. To me, it's like j- the gap is huge. So that same amount of money is making your lineups really different in terms, in my opinion, in terms of upside.
1: Uh, if you want to go with the, uh, the Pat Mayo approach of hot irons and some putting, is that going to lead you all the way back to Charles again?
2: <sighs> I thought there was like a, a five minute window after he was like 10 over where I thought he was coming back. Um, <laughs> But he didn't. Uh, Yeah, he is in that group again. He's not going to get it done off the tee. He's going to need to make a little little more putts. I'm not opposed to. I mean, I don't think you want to chase, but Patton Kazire from the clouds last week was fantastic. He's a great putter, more a Bermuda guy. Um There's some interesting names here in terms of fitting different profiles that you want to build.
1: I always like Kazire. Like if you go and look like historically where he's played well, par 70s, loves a par 70, not a huge fan of par 72s. I maybe just not a great par five player. Like Hadley was the one I was really looking at the ball striking his back. Guy can't chip guy can't putt, but he gives himself ample opportunities to make birdies. So in this sort of like glorified corn fairy tour event, Uh, where it could be a shootout. I don't mind him. Uh, I'm going to call this guy the sucker play of the week and watch him come like T5 again, but there's no way Ryan Armour can do that again. Can he?
2: Um, If he does that again, then I'll just have to live with it, but I I have no interest in in chasing that. Gain seven strokes putting. I'm not there. There's just so many other guys that if I was going to take pure flyers, I would go even lower. Um, To people that I can consistently grade out well that I can't explain, Wyndham Clark is at the top of that list for me every week. Uh, Unexplainable sometimes how he does it. Don't think he's going to play well, but I never do. And and he does attack par fives, can get crazy hot with a short game.
1: Yeah, he just hits it so far off the tee that sometimes that's all you need if you just want to bomb and gouge it. God,
2: I... Yeah, there's some names down here, though. Like, you know, you've got chapels of the world cam davis is someone who was playing pretty well lost that a little bit but again par 72 is definitely his speed uh now we're talking 6500
1: so cam davis in this field eighth in birdies or better gained over the past 24 rounds i think that there is some merit this week uh not even to troy merit although he's someone who can just post 62s like that Uh, and loves bent big fan of pentgrass and hot weather Uh, he he i think he won the rocket mortgage when it was the quicken loans when it was in dc in the middle of the summer he won barbasol in the middle of the summer like scorching hot heats it's supposed to be very hot this week Uh, and you use troy Merritt like every week anyway don't you
2: yeah i mean he just comes preloaded in like six percent of my lineups uh and then i wonder like i don't realize that i played him till usually saturday where i realize he's no longer in the tournament um but there's some guys. I mean, do you want to do you want to sell society on, on your on Wesley Bryan, who 6500 is somewhat playable here?
1: So, shout out to Paul Shag at Paul Shag behind the camera for pointing this out um, because he really wanted to emphasize this. So when you look at Wes Bryan overall, and this is where statistical modeling is going to get you into a lot of trouble. Uh, not great. 133rd uh, T to green, 144th in ball striking. Uh, 120th in putting, 153rd off the tee. That's probably relatively unchanged over the past 24 rounds. However, since the hiatus has come over, his past eight rounds, the two tournaments that he's played in, all of a sudden, Ben, he's 22nd tee to green, second in approach. Slightly better driving the ball, shockingly. He's no longer the worst guy in the field. He's just one of the worst guys in the field. But I talked about that I'm de-emphasizing how much off the tee play as long as he doesn't lose three strokes, he can lose like 0.4 of a stroke or gain 0.4. Just hit the fucking fairway, Wes Bryan, and then use your irons. And the big thing with him is he hasn't been rolling in putts. However, I can recall a time when Wes Bryan did this exact same thing before. He got so hot with his irons, and then the putter came along, and all of a sudden he was posting like minus 20 every single week.
2: So the thing about Wesley Bryan that's a good thing, and we talk about this usually with putting, but he does it with his irons, is that he doesn't gain consistently, but when he does gain, it's like 10 strokes with the approach. Uh, Like he'll have you know, middling, zero, negative one, negative two, one, two, plus nine out of nowhere. And when you have a guy like that, if you're hitting that, if you can get that hot, you're always live to do serious damage. And last week at Travelers, plus 9.3 on the approach. Uh, That's just upside you can't really generate. So for something like cash or something where you're looking for middling outcomes, obviously not. But for tournaments, if you can combine his approach with, we know he's a good putter overall, uh, that's a pretty lethal combo.
1: Good putter, always better on bent grass as well. And like you said, the, the 9.2, I don't expect him to gain close to 10 strokes on approach again, but he was by far the best player in the Traveler's field with his irons. If he just gains five on approach this week, which is still a big ask, he's going to be in this. I, I, can, I can sprinkle
2: a little of that with some of these teams. Um, Oh man. Now we're getting down
1: there. He was the big one for me. Like I like, I went to Norlander last week at the Min. He made the cut. He's 65 this week. I ball striking wise. He's been fine. He also generates a ton of Eagles. So he's someone that I kind of like a little bit. Tyler McCumber is always someone that I like that this low of a price. He's a rookie. He's been making a bunch of cuts. He hits the irons really, really well. CT Pan's been playing a lot better recently. Like again, we just talked about like the Maverick McNeely's of the world. Like, I know that CT Pan has been relatively inconsistent. Also, CT Pan has won on the PGA Tour. Uh, has has won at Heritage, a shorter course. He's won. He came second at a Donald Ross course at Wyndham, and now we're here at another Donald Ross course. Why not? If he's starting to heat up,
2: yeah, he just needs to turn around the putter a little bit. I, I don't believe he's this bad of a putter as we've seen. He's been losing consistently, um, and he's just not strong enough tee to green per se to to kind of you know. Uh, you know, come to, he, he just, the way his putter, it masks it. And, and that's just something he's not going to be able to overcome. Um, I've been trying to buy, and it's frustrating to be honest, because he's someone I've always liked to play, but I just don't see him a- being able to hang if he can't correct the putter.
1: I can't remember if it was you who likes this guy or who, whoever it is who likes this guy, but I like Chase Seifert. Yes.
2: This, Oh, it's, it's me. And I'm the only one. <laughs> I was about to mention this guy. He, he destroys par fives. He can get crazy hot on bent grass. Uh, he came. He busted on the scene. He had a random pop at Travelers a couple years ago. It was a total luck box with the short game and with the putter. But now you look at his stats. He actually gains consistently with the irons. Um, Teter Green is fine. He's certainly not making a ton of noise. We haven't seen him uh, post-COVID he also, not that this means anything, he tweeted out here. He got a hole in one uh, in the practice round here yesterday. So good for him. Hopefully he does that in the actual tournament.
1: I, I like that you're following Chase Seifert on social media for, for anything positive.
2: Yeah, that's uh that's the info you can only get here. Chase Seifert hole in one.
1: Chase Seifert hole in ones dot com, a site yep. owned by Benjamin Raza.
2: That's. Going to the moon. Um, I don't don't think it's that crazy to to look to guys this low, honestly.
1: Like, okay, so let's say you wanted to go Merritt Seifert Wes Bryan and play the ultimate superstar, super scrubs lineup. Like, I don't necessarily hate that.
2: I see what you're the thing about that is what you're measuring against. I mean, how much lower is their made cut equity than the guys that are six, seven, eight hundred dollars more than them to me? Like, they're 60, 40 against the Joseph Bramlett, Brian stewards of the world.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like, I think I would want to take that chance if it unlocks threes. Like if I can go, hell, I, I don't know if it actually works with that lineup, but I, I just told you the 10K guys that I like, could you jam in three 10K guys with those three guys?
2: I mean, it's, you're, if it's not, it would be pretty close especially if it's non Bryson with Bryson. I don't think you can do it. No, could I, um, could
1: I go Reed, Hatton, Matsuyama, those three guys?
2: Yeah, it would be pretty close. Um, I'm not sure. You may be just short, but if you bumped off a little and you just took your favorite 9K guy, you easily could do it. Uh, No problem.
1: Let's see here. Now now I want to see if this actually works. We've unlocked the code. Not not to say that I'm going to do this uh, per se, but I'm just curious to see if it's actually something that is feasible. Uh, Let's see here. Let's go. Hatton, Reed, Matsuyama... It gives me an average player of 6,200, so I wouldn't be able to quite squeeze it off. Squeeze it off. Um, but yeah, if instead of using Matsuyama, I use Na, I, I would have like 1,200 bucks left over.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, those are builds that people are, I don't want to say they're uncomfortable with, but I feel like they're way less common. Uh, most people just want, you know, four, as many guys they feel comfortable with. I, I try to go the opposite, honestly. Like I just, I did that last week. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the last guy through, but it didn't really matter because six is, that's the other thing. Six is six has been so low lately. Yeah. in the Millie maker, you're going to need six, of course. But if you're talking even smaller fields, if you have five of six, it doesn't mean that you're you're not live to do serious damage.
1: Yeah, I actually, I put it this way, if it wasn't for showdown, I would not have won money on DraftKings last week, so that saved me. But with the way that my lineups were going, I played 20 lineups. I had no six of sixes. I had one five of six, and the rest were four of six and three of six. And I didn't get wiped out. I think I lost half my money, which in a week where that's the case is... I'll take it. I will take losing half my money and running with the results that I had that five of six lineup that had DJ in it was it won a bunch of money.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was a very similar wavelength. Um, I had a lot of five of sixes with DJ and those did damage in some spots. It actually carried me. Uh, so you, you can look to that. It's all about how the, the cut unfolds. Of course. Now, if Redmond and Glover and Varner and all of them sail through, You have to reevaluate, of course, but there's a lot of scenarios where that doesn't happen.
1: Uh, If we talk like macro strategy for golf in general, I know we've done this a bunch of times, but I think it really hit, hit home last week because so rarely do we see that type of carnage at a tournament where so many of not necessarily like the top name because you know a top name won in Dustin Johnson but a lot of them missed the cut as well the week that I scored big at Heritage I faded the top four guys on the board didn't use anyone above $10,000 started my build in the 9k I still had good guys in my lineup I had Xander and I had Cantlay but I faded all of like the big names who were there and I got a bunch of six of sixes through and that led me to a bunch of money that in carnage weeks although they only happen like once every eight tournaments or so that's where the value of these pivots really comes in handy doesn't it
2: yeah, I mean, it's no coincidence that the lower the six, six of six percentage is, the better chance I, I personally have to have a really big week um, because I, I'm pretty aggressive with ownership usually. And I, I think that the the cut being now 65 has actually really helped me in that department. So uh, when it's like a 1% six of six, I tend to be all right because my lineups are, are very unique and they employ a lot of the strategies that we talked about where you have you know, weird dead ranges where like, I will have three guys that are all like $1,500 more expensive than my other three guys. And like a huge dead zone in the middle or vice versa, uh, little, little things to get leverage that make the difference.
1: Last two guys in the six K area. I just want to get oh your God. thoughts on them. I bet Matt Wallace to win at 160 to one. Do you think I should just leave it there? Uh, yeah. I
2: mean, if you can, If you can ask the site to cancel the bet, that's probably your best move. But if not, I would leave it there. I don't.
1: Hey, you're You're familiar with it. Listen, you play Euro. You know what Matt Wallace can do. I do.
2: I'm kidding. I I do know that. I just. God, you look at where he was just like not dominant in majors, but very legit in majors. And then the wheels have just kind of fallen off with the iron. So if he can get back with the putter, that's obviously the wild card. Bent grass, definitely his best shot. I get what you did there i like him more as a bet than a DraftKings play though
1: yeah you sort of like see woo in that stance like one of the reasons i like hatton so much this week and some of these euro guys and wallace kind of falls into this bucket as well is that when they win on the euro tour it's always at a birdie fest
2: so if you were playing say like a hundred lineups would you use tom lewis
1: then i don't know i gave tom lewis some serious consideration but
2: like i remember so many times in my life waking up checking euro scores and it's just like somebody shot 53 oh tom lewis is playing like (laughs) that guy gets dangerously hot uh and then he randomly like won you know at q school and, and has some starts here not playing well i don't expect much from him but if you're talking about a guy like that he's someone that does that occasionally
1: uh he missed the cut at charles schwab but he gained over a stroke off the tee and almost two in approach in his two rounds he just couldn't putter chip ended up missing the cut the other guy is nate lashley the champ i mean i
2: don't know uh he wasn't you couldn't even play him last year remember that <laughs> yeah. he wasn't in the thing yeah he
1: he was also the first round leader and he wasn't available in the first round leader market
2: <laughs> what's he been doing oh geez not much he was a uh, um, first
1: round leader on the outlaw tour the first event he played
2: okay so he's been going that route um Yeah. I, I, there's nothing really to, to glean for me. I probably will just roll those shares to guys that I, I just think have a little more upside when we talk about Cam Davis. Um, even like if I had to, I would take shots with like Danny Willett or chapel, just bigger names in my opinion.
1: Uh, let's see here. Top Australia Asian as they group that part of the country together. But in terms of bets, you mentioned Cam Davis. I like Cam Percy too, who rates out really well for me. Talk about a guy who can't putt, that guy. But Cam Davis is plus five fifty to be top Australian. And Cam Percy is eight to one to be top Australian. So the only two guys that are ranked, like Day is minus two hundred to be top Australian. Well, like he's he's just too inconsistent to even think about that. But it's also freeing up all this value down the board. Like, are Davis and Percy better than Badley, Ryan Gibson, VJ? Greg, Super Nintendo, Chalmers, Tim Wilkinson, and John Sended? Yes. Matt Jones is really the only outlier there. I think he could probably bet both of them.
2: Yeah, I don't mind that. I, we don't have... <laughs> I was going to say, is, did I miss... Because when, when Cam Smith is in the field, I don't notice. Because uh, I don't even consider him. But that's one less guy to worry about. That's actually pretty interesting. I'm going to look... That is something I did not look into uh, at all. I looked at Norrin to, to be the top Euro at like 9-1. to one.
1: Um, well, I mentioned but, this to Feinberg. I wish this tournament was harder and then I'd like Norin.
2: Oh, yeah. If, I mean, then I would really. I just, I totally agree that the thought, if you told me the winner is going to be minus 22, um, is that Norin? That, that doesn't scream something that he's going to get it done. We saw him way back in the day at Farmers. Uh, I still, I, there's something about him right now, though. I, I like this setup. I like this spot. I'm also, again, I'm not nearly as high uh on the top end Englishman as you are.
1: Well the other thing to I just looking at top Swede right now, it's a head to head. It's Norrin versus Norlander. What do you think the odds are on that? Uh maybe like minus one seventy five. Minus two fifty for Norrin. You get almost two to one to bet Norlander there. I, I think I yeah, would take that. That's even heavy
2: for me. Like I, I think Norrin works him, but minus two fifty, that's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah so maybe I'll parlay Norlander with Nor- Where
2: I know this is totally unrelated. Speaking of Swedes, did Henrik Stenson retire?
1: He's like, on, You know, we did that draft before the year. He's on my team. <laughs> he has zero dollars.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. My team is just Bryson at this point, And he keeps me afloat because he's unbelievable. But yeah, Stenson just chose the road less traveled. Uh, never is here anymore.
1: He must be in Sweden is the only thing that I can fathom like it just like we haven't seen fleetwood either because i think that he's still overseas i don't know where the fuck adam scott is he's probably like tanning on a beach in bermuda or something yeah he's chilling but like Um, what does he need to do what does he need to play golf for and like i guess tiger would be the other one but like i don't know some old guys i mean stenson's not a young man only twitter search henrik stenson maybe he'll pop up i mean if he was chase seaford you'd know all about him but oh yeah well i only keep tabs
2: on the important people you know so it's i leave that to the other yeah, maybe he's chilling with Molinari and Fleetwood over there.
1: Good luck to all of you playing in the inaugural Henrik Stenson Paragolf Challenge July 1st and 2nd at Barbasak GCC in Sweden. He's, well. He's just chilling. <laughs> hopefully he fucking that wins, hopefully he gets that, wins that event so we can get on the fucking board.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you get money from that. They pay you in kroners or whatever the hell they use up there.
1: Yeah, um, I believe kroner is the Danish currency.
2: Yeah, I just know that from Seinfeld when but that's neither here nor there.
1: I think Sweden is Sweden in the Eurozone? I, I I know Denmark's a part of the European Union, but they do not they're not there's the European Union, but there's also a thing called the Eurozone which uses the euro currency and Denmark is not a part of that. Swedish uses the krona.
2: Well, I get I get more than half of a point for that then.
1: Yeah, it was like cuz I when I did my honeymoon I went to all these countries, so I had to get like Icelandic money, which is like it's also something like does krona just mean like dollar in like scandinavian (laughs) it
2: that that's a pretty fair assumption i think
1: uh yeah so the one in iceland is called let's see the krona but it has like an accent a goo over the o it's kroner in denmark krona for sweden so fun chat uh paul you had something to say (laughs) where's barn rat Oh, yeah. Burn rat's like he's, drag racing Ferraris. He's probably how, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's probably in, like, in he's probably in Fast and the I mean, Furious Nine. I mean, he hasn't played a golf <laughs> tournament in all this time. Usually he gets motivated when he needs money. You would think he needs money. Where's the barn rat? People hey, want yes. the barn rat. He's probably I mean, like no fans there. He can smoke everywhere. That, that is true. No fans. He can smoke as many cigs as he wants. I
2: forgot about. it. Yeah, he's you. Know, who knows? He's over in like Brunei with the Sultan gambling, but. Yeah, that's another. There are some guys that have slipped through the cracks that aren't aren't around right now.
1: I assume Memorial or the WGC at uh, the FedEx, St. Jude. Where the hell that court? TBC Southwind is the name of the course. I assume we're going to see those guys at one of those two because you think they would want to get a start before the PGA Championship.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to prep a little bit. Um, and
1: I Oh, it, I, I always throw out this trivia question. How old do you think Barnrad is? 28. He's 30. For whatever I think I always got him confused with Chong da, tong Tongchai JD. Uh, just when they first. Oh, out he's the like 60. Yeah, and he's really old. That I just yeah. for whatever reason I just thought Affy Burnrat was old too. That's my mistake. I apologize for that. But I just I, I in my mind Grace. like I just correlate like, the two Thai players on tour. I for whatever reason I just assumed they were the same age.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do that with Brandon Grace. He's my number one by far.
1: You just think that? You know, I would say Grace is probably like 32
2: yeah he's around that i always think he's like 50
1: he i don't looks know fine. why
2: maybe that's why then but yeah he, he's pretty young actually
1: i feel like that's gonna happen to cam smith at some point where everyone just because he looks like he's 15 that everyone's gonna assume he's like 22 and he's like 40
2: <laughs> yeah i mean him and well Fit, fitz he's been out here for like 15 years <laughs> um how old
1: is how actually old is he now
2: i don't know but it's it's insane
1: fitzpatrick is 20 he's still only 25
2: yeah, that that makes legitimately no sense because he's he's you know, he was playing in like the early nineties, it feels like
1: yeah, he has the game from the early nineties. Cam Smith is twenty-six.
2: Okay, I would have thought a little older.
1: Anyway, mm-hmm. I think we've beaten this into the ground. Ben Raza, yeah. where can everyone find you, your work, and your shows?
2: Yeah, stop on over. Awesome.com shows every day leading up to golf tools, not just on the DFS side, on the betting side. Uh, we've got new packages weekly, monthly, annually. Uh, so go over com slash join, check it out. We'd love to have you as part of the team.
1: All right, Pat Mayo, follow me on Twitter and Facebook at the PME. That's where I'll be posting my betting sheet on Wednesday. I'll have some giveaways on Twitter at the PME. If you follow along that account, the PME open Fall, missed your chance. So sorry. Tune in next Sunday for the first crack at the link or even Saturday evening. If I decide to post it then, although you guys are probably way too drunk and, I know what do you guys do on America Day? Shoot guns or something?
2: Yeah, just that's what we gotta do. Fire
1: it at, at the sun?
2: Yep. Yeah, I'll gotta get fire you. at the sun. <laughs> Sad. Eat some hot dogs. Do some grilling, social distance grilling.
1: Some fireworks. Fireworks. Lots of fireworks. Yeah. I was in Boston one year for it. A lot of fireworks.
2: A lot of fireworks, yep. All
1: right, well, happy fourth of july to everyone out there hopefully you can win some cash on your fourth of july i'll be busy spending my midweek canada day like doing nothing staying at home like watching kids uh but yeah pme open it'll be in the first look video that's when the link will first appear and it's been filling by monday every single week uh and we're gonna try to get it up to six thousand spots back the flat payout next week so please go join that smash the like on your way out the door rate the podcast five stars please leave a review that'd be so nice of you and 20 percent off at fantasynational.com if you use slash mayo at the end of that or just promo code Mayo. Thank you all for watching. Let's
3: win some cash
1: on the DraftKings this week. I'll see you next time.
3: Experience. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.